Welcome to the College Football Bros. Ho, 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 ho. Merry Christmas! Ho, 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 ho. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who's the next Mr. Beast. Oh, sure. Me, Ryan Newman. And by the other brother, who's the next PewDiePie. (laughs) Sure, that's me, Trey Newman. And I give that intro because, as we mentioned last week, in addition to the the weekly podcast, we are now releasing some short bonus episodes on YouTube. Uh, Last week, our video on Auburn uh is is currently at seven thousand views which was pretty crazy just our first kind of not bad yeah not bad at all so yeah we're going to be releasing several videos in this next week leading up to the playoff uh so we'd really appreciate your support there if you haven't already search college football bros on youtube subscribe to our channel and then as our videos come out in the next week watch them comment give it a thumbs up all that stuff helps uh you know the youtube algorithm show it to other people so that would be great we're putting a a lot of work into these videos, so yeah. a lot of prep, but uh, a lot of prep so far this week. So, uh, you can also check out our sponsor, that's right, and that is myfrontpagestory.com. So, if you haven't already heard about my front page story, it's one of the most unique gifts you can give. And you know, at this point, we're you might be uh, past Christmas, but it's still a perfect gift for, for Valentine's day coming up, uh, or, or for a birthday, some, for some loved one. But, uh, what it is, the premise behind it is you talk to a professional writer for 10 to 15 minutes and they write what is, looks like a front page story of a newspaper. Um, they're going to write that story about them after you speak to, to this writer. Um, it, uh, they, they frame it. It's a keepsake for someone. If you want to give it to a grandparent, a loved one, like I mentioned, maybe Valentine's day, your, your significant other, uh, generally, and more often than not, it's, it's emotional for them when they, when they do receive it. Uh, you know, they'll, you'll hear comments back. I can't thank you enough. And it's, it's just something fun to, to look at over the years and a good keepsake. So bottom line, it brings a lot of joy if you use the promo code BROS20, you'll get 20% off. Uh, so again, that's myfrontpagestory.com, BROS20, and get your own front page story. All right, let's uh, let's get to, uh, we've got a lot to get to today. We'll start with a brief recap of championship week. So we'll go through all 10 conference here. conferences here. Start us out with the ACC, Ryan. Yeah, I'll keep this one brief as well. The ACC, uh, wow, that was not a game. Notre Dame was up 3 nothing early, and then Clemson had 34 unanswered points. Trevor Lawrence was awesome. Travis Etienne was awesome. Uh, Notre Dame just couldn't compete with this one, not with the guys coming back that uh, did not play in the first matchup, of course, Trevor Lawrence being the main one, um, even though Uwe Ungalale was incredible. But domination here from Clemson. No, Not much else to say. All right, Big Ten Championship. Uh, this was this was competitive for most of the game. Ohio State uh, ended up beating Northwestern with a, a late touchdown to kind of put it away, twenty-two to ten. And we thought the offense was the sure thing for for Ohio State this year, but Northwestern's defense forced Justin Fields into his the worst game of his career, worse than the um, Indiana game uh, a few weeks ago. Under fifty percent completions, no touchdowns, two picks. He also hurt hurt his thumb. Uh, in the second half of the game. So that could be a, a concern moving forward into the playoff. But Trey Sermon was luckily a beast. 29 carries, 331 yards, 
and Northwestern's offense just could never extend their lead. Where was that sermon all year? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, all right. Now to the Big 12 championship. Oklahoma prevailed. It was an eventful game. Uh, you know, Matt Campbell, he's been rumored for other jobs, and it almost turned out where that school was not only going to have to pay a buyout, but maybe pay bail because it looked <laughs> like he was going to murder the ref. <laughs> like, yeah. He he was livid on the sidelines, but uh, but in the game it looked like the Sooners were going to run away early. They were up seventeen nothing. They really could do no wrong. Defense was playing strong. Iowa State really couldn't get out of their own way. Uh, Purdy he threw a pick in the end zone while they were trying to come Oof. back. But then the second half, the field kind of tilted towards Iowa State. Uh, Brees Hall was running well, even though he was held to a, a season low, which is impressive by Oklahoma. But he had a couple scores. Uh, he narrowed the gap to the three, and Iowa State got the ball back with a chance uh, to drive down the field and win. But uh, Purdy kind of threw up a prayer on on third and long, and uh, oh, yeah. the Sooners didn't need to do it off. To see, he didn't. He forced it. But uh, I yeah. can kind of understand why. But it was it was still, well, he, saw, it was still he saw the guy kind of running free towards the back of the end zone. He just couldn't get enough on it. Yeah. yeah. And he got two uh, plays left, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Down, yeah. He had to make a make a play. But it was uh, a overall, bad looking throw is all that happened. Yeah, it was overall. He didn't play all that great. But overall, the Sooners, they're clearly a much better team now than they were, you know, the first half of the year. So it's impressive. Sure. Big 12 yeah, defense. Champions. Alex Grinch done a good job with the defense. If they would have just uh, not lost to K-State. Were they in the playoff? Probably That's a good question. Notre Dame. I mean, Notre Notre Dame had the better win, I guess. But yeah, probably still, probably still. Let's not have it's tough enough to have the real argument. Let's not make up (laughs) arguments here. All right, let's go to the Pac-12 game here. Uh, This was an ugly game. Uh, It wasn't a very clean, clean one uh, between Oregon and USC. Oregon did end up winning 31-24. Keaton Slovis struggled mightily, especially early in that game. Uh, Just threw a couple of picks that were just um, very ill-advised throws. Um, the last one he threw uh, really hurt. Obviously, they were in the in the fourth quarter driving, um, and then you just they were trying to tie it, and it just not a good not a good pass. Thought it was going to be another USC fourth quarter comeback. I know it was Looking setting like up that. for it. It really oh. was. No, uh, and it was too bad for SC because their defense, SC's defense, played well. They pretty much shut Oregon down. Oregon just had two hundred forty three total yards. So you know they struggled to pass. The SC's D was good, uh, but. Oregon was just able to take advantage of those turnovers and Oregon was lucky of course to be in the game since UW was not able to to go due to COVID so but uh, Oregon wins they win the Pac-12 again and uh, they're going to a New Year's Six Bowl all right let's get to the SEC championship uh, Florida was behind the whole game but they were they hung in there they stayed in the game ended up losing 52 to 46 and this game was obviously all offense all the stars were great Mac Jones Najee Harris Devonta Smith for Alabama Kyle Trask, Kyle Pitts, and uh, Kadarius Toney for for Florida. But Florida could have won this game had Dan Mullen not taken one of the worst timeouts. I mean, maybe the worst timeout of this year, uh, at least. So Florida was down 14 with just over two minutes. They scored a touchdown to go down eight, which, of course, the, the new age of analytics, you go for it uh, down by eight. You go for two, sorry, down by eight late in the game. So that was the right decision to to go for two. But he called a timeout before it, which is just it was horrible because it it almost killed their chances of winning because yeah, they have to get the onside kick. They had to get the onside kick because they they didn't get the onside kick. And with only, I think, one timeout left, uh, Alabama was able to run out the clock down to 
you know, to the point where Florida got it back with 26 seconds left in their own territory. It was just like the game was pretty much over. They could have had it with over a minute. Yeah, over a minute. That's totally different with Kyle Trask and the way they were moving the the ball down the field. They would have had a shot. And it's crazy. Like the worst case scenario, if you if you need if you don't call the timeout, worst case scenario, you have a delay a game and you either go for it from the seven, which maybe you don't, and or you just kick the point. Like that's yeah. way more. That timeout is way more valuable than yeah than that those yards. It was crazy. Yep. I and, was and uh, didn't I, I want to say he called a timeout? Didn't he call a timeout the play before the touchdown too? He did call a timeout on that drive, which like you could argue that's. that's I know they had thing. to they had to score, but like oof those. The timeouts yeah. are so valuable at that point. Yeah. The second one was the two point conversion. Mind boggling. That was worse. That one, yeah. That's yeah. I, I had to double look. I was like, wait a second. Did he really just do that? Yeah. All right. Uh, fun game though. AAC. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that they really had a shot anyways, but since he needed to have a dominant performance to get any sniff of the playoff, uh, didn't happen, but still an impressive unbeaten year as they were able to beat Tulsa. Tulsa made him earn it though. Uh, the Bearcat defense was stout as always. They made it hard on Zach Smith and Tulsa, but every time Cincinnati scored, Tulsa pretty much answered. They were able to tie it with a few minutes left, and Cincinnati was able to drive down in the the final drive and kick a field goal as time expired. So good, good uh, unbeaten season for the Bearcats. Yeah, absolutely. Glad Nebraska didn't have to play them this year. That was one <laughs> of our non conference games. Would have got our butt whooped. Yeah, would have had to give them an L, man. That was <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. Wow, wow, they would have been left out. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right, let's go to Conference USA here. We have um, UAB uh, really controlled this game uh, against Marshall. Um, US, UAB's defense was was stout, just like they always are. They stymied Grant Wells. Um, he really struggled in this one as well. Um, and UAB's offense actually played pretty well. They rushed and passed for over 200 yards. Tyler Johnston go to QB. Spencer Brown had a big day on the ground. He's a good running back for them. Um, so they just they had a good, good, solid group this year. They're really solid. Bill Clark caps off a... Another championship, Conference USA championship, two out of the last three. Just uh, he's got a good thing going down there, and um, it's a, another another good year for them. Okay, moving on to the MAC. Ball State won as a double digit underdog against Buffalo. Gave Buffalo their first lost lost thirty eight twenty eight. And Jarrett Patterson, who was obviously having a monster year on the ground for Buffalo, was held to forty seven yards on two point six yards per carry. Uh, Ball State's quarterback Drew Plitt had a great game. And that's the the Cardinals' first conference championship since 1996. Nice. And actually, it's been six straight MAC different winners in the MAC title. Oh wow! That, I mean, that's classic MAC. It seems like every year, yeah. the year, it's wild. There's no dominant team in the MAC. Like, yeah, you know, they always take of, turns. Yeah, that's fun. That's good for the conference. And speaking of kind of a new a new winner here, the Mountain West. Our San Jose, San Jose State Spartans, man, they finished seven and zero after beating Boise thirty four to twenty. Here, it's literally an unbelievable, unbeaten turnaround season by them. Like no one foresaw this. They, they, and in this game, they were clearly the better team. Starkle threw for four hundred fifty three yards, three touchdowns. Their defense held Boise to two hundred twenty four yards. The only reason they were in the game was because of a punt return touchdown. Um, but San Jose State was able to cap off a couple good drives and and come up with the the big win. Won every game we'll by double digits. We'll obviously get to uh, their head coach Brian Harson, where he's headed off to later in the episode. Uh, the Sun Belt Championship did not happen, unfortunately. Uh, Coastal Carolina had some issues with COVID, uh, so technically it's co champs between Coastal and Louisiana, but 
Coastal did beat Coastal. Louisiana earlier in the season. So yeah, we kind of yeah, I think they They're should the be treated as the, the conference champion. Uh all right, let's uh let's get to the committee rankings. So they were revealed on Sunday, and the playoff will be number one, Alabama against number four, Notre Dame in the Rose Bowl, which is going to be played in Dallas. And number two, Clemson versus number three, Ohio State in the Sugar Bowl. Uh, so did did the committee get the four right? What do you think? Yeah, it's uh oh, they got a tough a tough job. I do not envy envy them to having having to make these tough choices. But in the end, I, I do think they went with the correct four. I mean, obviously, what we're talking about here is Notre Dame and Texas A and M. Uh, that was the that's just the question and. You know, I I can understand both arguments. I really can see if they put A and M in, I'd be like, yeah, okay, I can see that. You know, they had a great year, just one loss to the best team in the country. So mm-hmm. there's, you know, I, I totally get that. But the Notre Dame, on the flip side, yeah, they only had one loss to, you know, arguably maybe the best <laughs> team in, in in the country, and they beat them also. You know, I mean, I know it was out Trevor Lawrence, but they did beat them. So mm-hmm. I just think the difference mainly was just that one win, like. The, this A&M's best win was Florida who ended up with three losses and you know it was still I mean no doubt a good win but Notre Dame's was Clemson who's that's just a little better than Florida so in the end I think it came down to that and you know I, I just it's you're splitting hairs it's so tough I feel for Aggie fans because I'm sure they feel like they deserve to be in and I can see that but I think they got it right yeah I mean I feel for Aggie fans too but hey outstanding year no one yeah. really kind of saw them being this close to the playoffs, so I would kind of take it. And besides, you know, the number four seed, it's like, <laughs> yeah, you're you're uh, you're gonna go play Bama, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's tough. But personally, so if you know between Cincinnati, A and M, Notre Dame, I think they got it right. I don't really have too much of an issue with it. To me, honestly, the Irish clinched it when they went to North Carolina and kind of yeah. whipped, yeah. whipped North Carolina. That I was second win. It's good there, yeah. That was because yeah. because their defense was they were one of the only ones to be able to slow down that Tar Heel offense and and that was a very impressive win especially considering what North Carolina ended up doing to Miami so I think that that yeah, really yeah. helped in the committee's eyes um, a lot of convincing wins and um, and yeah A and M they had those good wins but just they didn't have a lot of convincing wins there were a lot of them where you kind of left they left a lot more to be desired you know fair they still won the games that's good for them but mm-hmm. i think that i think that second win like you mentioned mike for notre dame was big and i think ultimately it came down to what what you guys have talked about there and i think the committee just thought you know these resumes are so similar strength of record were number 2 and number 3 notre dame slightly better strength of record but uh, I think they just thought we just think Notre Dame's a little bit better, which that is totally up for debate. I mean, the predictive yeah. ratings have them neck and neck. Most have Notre Dame a little bit ahead. Um, so, yeah, e- either choice would have been reasonable. And what are you going to say, Trey? I was just going to say one point on Cincinnati. Like their schedule was pretty weak. The AAC was kind of a little bit down this year, which is unfortunate. It's still a good conference, but it wasn't quite as as strong as it as it could could have been. Um, and then in their bigger games, they they just squeaked by, so that didn't help them. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah their their strength of record was seventh. So so um, I think putting them eighth. I, I agree. I think Florida should have been behind them just based on the resumes. Um, but yep. overall, I, I don't think their spot was too unreasonable. I just think we need a different system that allows an undefeated, really good team like them to to be you know have a chance at, at at a championship. So that would be an eighteen playoff, but. It's a conversation for another day. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's let's get to those New Year's Six Bowl matchups. Um, 
which one are you most looking forward to? So we've got, other than the playoff, of course, we've got the the Cotton Bowl, Oklahoma versus Florida, the Peach Bowl, Cincinnati against Georgia, Fiesta Bowl, Oregon, Ohio, Iowa State, and the Orange Bowl, Texas A&M, North Carolina. This really obviously depends on on some of the players that end up opting out. But at this point, as we record this, I'm kind of between the peach and cotton. I'm going to lean to the cotton, uh, which is, of course, Oklahoma versus Florida. This game should have some some fireworks. Uh, the Sooners are playing great now, arguably one of the best playing as well as anyone, you know, just outside of the playoff. Spencer Rattler is so fun to watch. Pitts is sitting out. We know that for Florida, but Trask and Tony still team up. That offense is still lethal. And, and Mullen, he's going for his third New Year's six win in a row. Yeah, I I agree with you on the Cotton Bowl. Uh, those are the, you know, maybe the two best teams, not in terms of resume, but like the two best teams that didn't make the the playoff. Um, you could argue A&M, a couple other teams, but uh, I'm looking forward to the Cotton Bowl. What about you, Ryan? I'm going to look forward to the Peach Bowl, uh, Cincinnati versus Georgia. Uh, that one's going to be pretty cool. I mean, it's it kind of reminds you of the Auburn uh, UCF matchup a few years back. Um, where this Georgia team, they only have a couple losses. And, you know, ever since JT Daniels took over, they're undefeated and they've looked like yeah. a completely different team. So, you know, um, obviously we don't know if everybody will be suited up and decide to play on this one. So you can't, you know, you can't just look at this game and be like, oh, you know, this was, you know, since he wins, you can't just say, oh, they should have deserved it, whatever. No, I, it's a one ball game, but I'm still looking forward to it. Georgia, I mean, what if JT Daniels was able to play from game one? Like, they might be, yeah. they'd, they'd be in the playoff, like arguably, maybe, you know, like they might have been, they might have, they could have beat Florida, no doubt. So, um, I mean, Georgia's favored seven in this game. Yeah. Against Cincy, so the other two losses, well, were Florida and uh, Bama, right? So, and they competed pretty darn well at Bama with, you know, not the greatest with Stetson Bennett. So, mm-hmm. uh, this is a good Georgia team. So, I'm looking forward to that one. Yep. All right. Let's get to the coaching carousel. We'll start with the uh, less splashy of a hire, uh, Brett Bielema to Illinois. Uh, what do you think, Trey? If I'm an Illini fan, I'm now saying we've had a couple straight underwhelming hires. Uh, I understand the allure to Bielema because of his ties to the Big Ten and his style could maybe work in the conference, but he had a pretty rough tenure uh, at Arkansas. And when you look at Wisconsin, he inherited a really great program that seems to just kind of run itself. Uh, it's, you know, that system is just ingrained there. Um, so I would have liked a guy with a, a little bit higher ceiling. Totally agree. Yeah. I would want a young up and coming guy, maybe someone who runs an exciting offense. Um, not someone who seems to be on his way down in his career. Uh, you know, he peaked at Wisconsin Arkansas wasn't as bad, I think, as some people have made it out to be. He had a couple decent years there, but but still ended up it wasn't good, and he got fired. And uh, now he's taking a a lower job, and I mean it could work. Like I I think he can recruit probably decently, and it's not like he's a bad coach, but it's just no. not that exciting to me. It's not that exciting, but I do think it could work out okay. Um, I'm not probably as low as you guys are. I think he's a good fit for the conference. Um, I don't think uh, that Arkansas maybe was the best fit for him um and what he's trying to do but he had three winning seasons there he took over a bad program um and this first year wasn't you know rough which is expected then had three straight winning seasons and last year didn't go that well but i still think there's some upside to this maybe than what more than what you guys let on uh illinois can i mean they ran the ball pretty well decent this year actually so i i, I don't i think illinois can uh can work with with Bielema. 
And he's respected, so we'll see what. Yeah, what I just you know, know, I'm around. not like in love with the hire or anything, but there's definitely some 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 upside there. All right, how about Auburn now? So this was kind of a a wild search. At least the reporting around it was wild, and they were reportedly turned down by Billy Napier, a few other guys, and kind of out of nowhere today, as we record this, hired Brian Harson from Boise State as their next head coach. And it's an interesting hire. He's not from the Southeast. He went to school at, at Boise. He's coached there most of his career. He did was a, a coordinator at, at Texas for a couple of years, was the head coach at Arkansas State for one year, actually followed Gus there. <laughs> he, he was the coach after Gus, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, to me, this is a, a fine hire. Like I, I would be hard pressed to, I think you'd be hard pressed to find anyone calling this a bad hire. He did a good job at Boise State. Um, that he, yes, he took over, uh, you know, a really good program that Dan Hawk or, you know, first Dirk Cutter and Dan Hawkins and Chris Peterson, you know, all kind of had built up and he sustained it. I mean, he didn't take it to the heights that Chris Peterson did before him, but that's, that's a pretty high bar. So he, he yeah, did totally really well. Do. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, I just am not super excited about it. I, I probably would have just kept 20 million and and <laughs> stuck with Gus Malzahn for one year because I you know but it, it could work out yeah it's it's a little surprising um, I mean you know the Harsino's name had always come up for the last few years uh, and you, you kind of figured he would take some job at some point so I guess maybe it shouldn't be that surprising that he's taken a job and why not Auburn I guess but uh, it just seems like it's like you said he's not a, a, a southeast guy uh, I'm not saying that it won't work because of that but uh you know it just seems a little bit like okay they didn't get their top guys and what ha- what happened with napier i i feel like that was just the clear-cut guy that you had to get if you're auburn um among i guess you freeze didn't even get any consideration maybe but didn't seem like it uh, seem reportedly like it. with with uh napier it was that um maybe they were trying to force some assistance on him i mean if this is all kind of scuttlebutt it seems like you know maybe the real story will come out someday but it it seems like for whatever reason i I think if they gave napier everything he wanted he would be the head coach it it feels like yeah that just doesn't make sense to me that you would uh i don't know i just feel like they would have to go for bill napier and kind of let him do his thing but i don't know i i I think harson could work out like you said he did have a good tenure at boise uh it's not like when he took over from boise it was good shape but you know they had went eight and five the year before he got there so it wasn't like they were coming off of their you mm-hmm. know fiesta bowl win where they're insane so um you know and kept it going for seven years which is pretty darn good yep. so yeah it, it could work yeah i mean when i thought of harson going to because there was rumors of him being in line for the arizona job and mm-hmm. i was thinking that's a great hire for arizona but Auburn's just a, it's a different beast. You guys touch on it. He doesn't really know the, the footprint of, of the, the SEC. And then Michael, you mentioned the costs. It's a, it seems aggressive. I mean, at Boise, you guys talk about, he did sustain the run at Boise and I'd be maybe curious to talk to some more true Boise fans, but his first year when he inherited Chris Peterson's program, they actually won the Fiesta Bowl. Awesome season, of course. But then after that, it was always two, three plus losses where it was like, he just didn't quite get to the um, – they were almost underwhelming seasons by Boise standards, which is a high bar. So I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a, big, a big step forward, and who knows if yeah. it can work. I mean, it's so hard to predict these things, but he's not a bad hire. It's just surprising, no. all yeah. things considered. Yep, totally. 
Okay. And there's there's tons of other news happening in college football right now. LSU rehauling its staff on both sides of the ball. Dan Mullen committed recruiting violations, got you know, got yeah. in trouble there. Don Brown is out at Michigan as defensive coordinator. So we'll have weird. time to, to get to those things in, in the offseason, but we got bowl been, games, guys. Yeah. Boom. So let's get to some let's recap the there's been three bowl games as we record this now. Uh let's let's recap each of those. Sure. So first was the Myrtle Beach Bowl on Monday. It had our App State and North Texas. North Texas had no interest in playing defense. Cameron Peoples set a bull rushing record of 319 yards. Every I watched uh, most of this game, and every time I looked up, he was just gashing and going through this mean green defense. Uh, he had five touchdowns. Mountaineers won 56-28 against a sub-500 North Texas. It was the nice green defense today. I was thinking that in my head. Too, and I said, you know what? That's stupid. I'm not going to say it. Uh, all right. On Tuesday, we had the, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, which is earlier today as we record this. Nevada beat Tulane 38-27. Carson Strong had a, a big game at quarterback. Five touchdowns, no picks to cap off a 7-2 and two season. Uh, for Nevada under Jay Norvell, very impressive season. He's going to be, you know, he might yeah. be a candidate at uh, at Boise. Arizona. Oh, or Boise, yeah. yeah. We didn't even talk about Boise State's opening. That's that's obviously a good job. I know Kellen Moore is one name that's being thrown around Twitter <laughs> right now. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. Sure does. Sure Andy does. Avalos, D, D coordinator at uh, Oregon, Oregon, yeah, previously at Boise. So, yeah, yeah. There you go. They, they got some good candidates already. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. So let's go with the game that just finished up here not too long ago. The uh, Boca Raton Bowl, uh, UCF. Can you versus- please give the sponsor, Ryan? Come on. Roofclaim.com. They paid good money for that. <laughs> uh, Boca Raton Bowl. Uh, yeah, UCF and BYU. This one was not a football game. Uh, it was a track meet. Well, for BYU, really. Uh, this was a blowout. BYU completely dominated. They're 49 to 10 at one point. UCF scored a couple of meaningless touchdowns later. Uh, this was just annihilation. Um, UCF didn't belong on the same field as BYU. Zach Wilson is good, in case you didn't this, know. This quarterback class is getting ridiculous with all <laughs> the, the NFL good. draft class. There's going to be like five quarterbacks taken in the first round. I don't follow that stuff very much, but yeah, it seems like it. If he's like third or fourth, I saw McShay had him like fourth. It's like, wow, you know, it's pretty it's darn good. good. Um, okay, let's uh, let's get to our picks for the the upcoming bowls in the next week, and we'll start on Wednesday. We've got the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl, Louisiana Tech taking on Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern's favored five and a half. Louisiana Tech they've won a bowl game six years in a row under Skip Holtz. It's wow. amazing. Uh, I never would have guessed that, but I'm going to take the points with them because uh, Georgia Southern quarterback. Shy Wirtz, he's doubtful as we record this. He really moves their option-style offense. Backup is also kind of listed as questionable at this point, but he he should give it a go. Um, they, uh, Louisiana Tech has a win over UAB earlier in the year, and I think they can cover the, the five and a half. Okay, I'm going to take uh, Georgia Southern because, you know, Luke Anthony at quarterback hurt for Louisiana Tech, their top receiver opting out. Um, I'll just, I'll take Georgia Southern because even if shy words can't go, they've been, they've played reasonably well, uh, with, without them. So, and, um, most of their five losses this year were, were close ones against good teams. So I don't think they're yeah. as bad as their record. They were, I agree. I agree. I'm taking Georgia Southern here too. Um, and they have, they're a run heavy offense. And, uh, so I think, I still think the, the backup comes in and the, that offense will still work. 
um, function pretty well, even without shy words in there. I know shy words is good. There's no doubt about that, but, uh, um, they've proven to be a, a good solid team this year. So I'll agree. I'll agree with there. Montgomery bowl, Memphis minus eight against Florida Atlantic. I'm going to take Memphis. Um, they had a, a disappointing season, I think by their standards, partially because of Kenneth Gainwell opting out yeah. before the year later, DeMonte Coxie opting out as well. Uh, but the offense was still pretty good. Brady White had had a solid year. He's got some good receivers still. Calvin Austin, Sean Dykes at tight end. And I think FAU's 5-3 and three record is is misleading. They had one of the easiest schedules in the country. Their quarterbacks struggled big time this year. They do have a good defense under Jim Levitt. He's he's done a good job job there. They they really get after the, the quarterbacks, but I don't think they'll be able to keep up offensively. Yeah, uh, I'm taking Memphis uh, here as well. Uh, they still got a good group there. And Florida Atlantic, like you said, Mike, if you look at their schedule, it is, it is brutal. It's not good. Um, yeah. uh, so Memphis is still the class here. I think they'll win by more than eight. So give me the, give me the Tigers. Yeah. I'm going to lay the points as well. I don't think they're overly hyped to be here, but I just don't think FAU has the firepower to keep up. Yeah. And FAU lost their last two games pretty badly. So not coming in hot. Let's go to Christmas Eve on Thursday. We got the New Mexico Bowl, Hawaii against Houston. The Cougars are favored 13. Yeah, uh, it's the only game on Christmas Eve. Um, And I think this is the only game, period, like in any sport. No NBA, no NFL, college hoops, nothing. This is it. So everybody's tuning in to watch this one. I'm going to take Hawaii. Uh, Houston's defense doesn't really scare me. I think uh, Hawaii quarterback uh, Cordero, um, he's going to, he could have a solid day. He's got some. Uh, he's had some pretty good games, and he's also had some games like, mm, yeah, not quite that great. But uh, he can beat you with his legs as well. He's got some good dual threat ability. So I'll still take my chances with the the Rainbow Warriors here. That's a lot of points. And this game is it's the New Mexico Bowl, and they're playing it in Frisco, Texas. They had to move it because of COVID. Um, but I was I was bullish on Houston, but. This year, but they just didn't quite live up to it. Obviously, there was some some COVID issues, uh, totally not totally their fault. But uh, apparently, Houston's going to be without fifteen to twenty players due to academic eligibility requirements. Stud wideout Marquez Stevenson isn't playing. Just too many bad things for me to lay that many points. So I'm going to say Cordero and Hawaii keep it within the within the number. All right, I'm going to go with with Houston. I like the way they played against Memphis a couple weeks ago, and uh, Hawaii's offense. It's just not the same as it was under Nick Rolovich. Todd Graham, no. I mean, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't yep. great. Yep, that's true. Friday, we got Christmas Day, the Camellia Bowl, Marshall against Buffalo. Buffalo's favored three, Trey. Patterson's expected to play after that that dirty gator roll tackle that knocked mm-hmm. oh, out yeah. of the match. Yeah, to bring that up. Um, but this is a tough game because both these teams coming in, uh, losers of their their conference championships. I'm going to lay the points with Buffalo because Marshall just seemed to turn into a different team the last couple of games. Grant Wells looked nothing like he did the, earlier in the year. He threw five picks in their shutout loss to Rice. Huge upset. Then he was eight for 24 against UAB. UAB put up 200 and four, over 200 yards rushing on them. That's what Buffalo does. Even if Pastor, Patterson isn't 100%, they got Marks. Uh, Van Trees has been a better passer than I thought. So I think Buffalo gets it done. Yeah, I'm with you. I just, I can't, I can't bet Marshall right now, the way they've looked the last two games. I don't know what happened to their offense, but yeah, uh, yeah it's brutal. I 100% agree. Um, and I agree so much that I'm going to make Buffalo my lock. I think they're going to run wild and then they'll also just, you know, let Grant Wells throw the ball to them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, 
on Saturday, we have the FBC Mortgage Cure Bowl. Very good game here. Liberty against Coastal Carolina. Chanticleer is our favored six and a half. I'm going to take Liberty with the points. I think they showed against Virginia Tech earlier in the year that they can go up in class and compete. Even losing by one at, at NC State is not a bad result. So I don't think they're they're totally just a product of uh, of an easy schedule. They, they've been very good. Malik Willis has been basically as impressive as, as Grayson McCall. So it's this is a great yeah. quarterback matchup. Yeah, I it is a great quarterback matchup. And I'm going to go with the other quarterback. I'll go with Coastal Carolina and Grayson McCall. Uh, I think they just have the defense a little bit this year too to to kind of maybe put a little bit of a stop here on, on Malik Willis and company. And their ground game is impressive, Coastal Carolina. I love their offense. It's so creative. Uh, it's just a fun group to watch. And then it's just... They bring it every game. I love this 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 shot yeah. to clear team. I, I know they're going to come ready to go. So I'll, I'll take the shots, man. Yeah, and as we record this, there's a lot of rumors surrounding Hugh Freeze. If he's going to leave, he could go to some job by the by the time this rolls around, uh, by the game rolls around. But I'm going to take our shots. I, I can't go against them in this final game. Their dream season finishes with a W. And and I, I hate the transitive property, but Coastal's win versus BYU looks really more yeah. impressive now the way yeah. BYU just thrashed UCF. So yep. I'm going to take the shots. All right. Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl. Oh, wait a second. This one. UAB won. Yeah. Uh, yeah. UAB won. Yeah. No, it's uh, South yeah. Carolina has covid issues so they had to cancel this one unfortunately so we move on to the next one yeah. uh, the serve pro first responder bowl louisiana is favored 13 against utsa what do you think trey utsa was able to they got in this game because their original bowl game got canceled so they did some shuffling they're here now they're gunning for their eighth win which would be a program record uh they had a very poor schedule but still a very good year for the the roadrunners. Uh, Any wins a win for a, a roadrunner program. Yeah, I mean, they, they were much better. They were, yeah, they were. They improved. Uh, player to watch for them is Sincere McCormick. Uh, unfortunately for them, though, they're going up against the Co-Sun Belt champs, as we talked about earlier, led by Billy Napier. He's staying put. I think he's going to unload the bag of trip, tricks in the bowl game with Levi Lewis. The Raging Cajuns, I think they'll flex their muscle. They have the superior offense and defense. I'm going to actually make Louisiana my lock. Mm. Yeah, they've got a, a ton of talent on that team uh, compared to to UTSA and Billy Napier staying put. I just feel like that's got to just really rally the crew. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go with them. I agree. And it just kind of reminds me of the the, the App State, another Sunbelt team going up against, uh, you know, an App State whooped up on North Texas. Kind of giving me a little familiar feel with this matchup. So I think Louisiana will f- certainly flex their muscle and win big. I'll take them, too. The Lending Tree Bowl, we've got Western Kentucky against Georgia State. Panthers are favored four and a half. Georgia State's played in a lot of, of close games this year, so I don't think I'm willing to to lay four and a half points, especially against a, a team that's got a really good defense. And I didn't realize how many tough games Western Kentucky had on their schedule because it was a disappointing year for them. Um, the first year under Tyson Helton was excellent, and then yep. this year kind of was, was down. But their losses were to Liberty, Louisville, Marshall, BYU, UAB, and FAU. Like that's all, all solid teams. teams. I mean, you don't want to lose to all of them, but yeah. still, it's it's it could be worse. Um, sure. The offense is bad. That that side <laughs> of the ball is definitely bad. The team yeah. isn't, but the offense is. But at least they take care of the ball really well. Yeah, that leads me to a trivia zone. Okay, two thousand nine Nebraska. Um, I'm going to ask you a trivia question here. Trivia. Doesn't matter what it is. 
You have answers. Zone. When you ask me those kind of questions, it really pisses me off. Trivia Zone. All right, so Western Kentucky quarterback Tyrell Pigram has nine passing touchdowns, zero interceptions this year. Only one player since 2000 has thrown more than nine touchdowns in a season without throwing an interception, and that player is active. Uh, he didn't do it this year, though. He did it a couple years ago. Uh, who is that player? And I'm just going to give a little, little quick little brag here. I predicted this before I looked it up. So you got the question right. I got it right, yeah. Wow, and that's impressive. Thank you. Because I remembered it. I remembered it happening a couple years ago. Another hint um, that we have brought his name up on this podcast. But we've brought his name up on this podcast? Yeah. I hope so. We're in, a college football podcast. No, no. I mean, like, literally this episode. Oh. He oh. had uh, 10 touchdowns, zero interceptions, like I said. Um, we brought his name up. Did Ooh. Kyle Trask do it? No. No, because he had Felipe. What the... I'll give you a hint. It was a an option style offense. Shy Wirtz. It was Shy Wirtz. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. Uh, for Georgia Southern in 2018. Yeah, 10 oh. touchdowns, zero picks. I remember talking about that uh, before their bowl game or at the end of the season. Wow. So, one. okay. I think even more impressive is that Pigram has 264 pass attempts this season. That's the most by far of anyone. That's with because he can't really throw that well. Well... He doesn't he throw it to the other team. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. He throws it bad enough to, to make it incomplete. <laughs> yeah. It's way off. No, but anyway, so that's the most, uh, of course, if he finishes it out in, in this game. The second most pass attempts in a season without an interception is 117. Uh, by which player this year? And I'll give you a hint. It's a, a backup quarterback. So... So a player this year is is second on this list. He has 117 pass attempts, zero picks. Not quite 264 like Pigram, but not bad. Backup quarterback for a very good team. Um, ooh, who's oh, really good team? So who, the starter for this team was out for, um, I guess a couple games due to uh, COVID. Was it Uyunglele? It was DJ Uyunglele. Oh, I, I knew he passed it a bunch against like Boston College and Notre I Dame. I thought he threw one pick against Notre Dame. I, oh, he didn't. Yeah. Isn't that crazy that he's second on this list? Wow. Most attempts without an interception. Fresh, uh, so other guys on the list, Brock Osweiler for ASU in 2010 was down lower on the list. Skylar Howard for West Virginia 2014. And another one this year, 13th since 2000 with the most pass attempts in a season with zero picks. In, in an unbelievable turn of events is Art Sitkowski. Oh, Rutgers. Whoa. 81 pass attempts, zero picks. Way He's to go, Art. Last laugh. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh-huh. so now you guys make your picks in this game. That was the trivia zone. I'm going to take Georgia State. Uh, I like Cornelius. Oh, that's I just gave about, about wow. Pickering. You just yeah. go against it. Unbelievable. Eh. Screw it. No, I, I like Cornelius Brown. He's, I think he's the better quarterback in this matchup, even though you just talked about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, he's a freshman. He's looked really good. He's gotten better you know, as the year's gone on. They won three out of their last four games, and their only loss was a close one at App State. Uh, they're playing well. Uh, I like this group. I'm going to take the Panthers. I'm going to take the points with the Hilltoppers. Defensive end D'Angelo Malone is going to get, uh, he wrecked havoc this year. He's going to get your boy Cornelius Brown, Ryan. Uh, they finished the year with three straight wins. I think they'll cover the the points here. 
All right. Uh, by the way, Quad Brown, I think he goes by often. And uh, Trey, that's going to be, you know, Trey Quad. Yeah. Just, it works yeah. out. You, you're going with him. Or no, you're going next against him. My bad. Next in line. Uh, Cheese It Bowl. We got on Tuesday, next Tuesday, Oklahoma State is minus two against Miami. We can only hope it lives up to the Cheese It Bowl of 2017. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's you and Cal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Forgot about that one. I hadn't thought about that game for a while. Yeah. Got to re- revisit it's that one hard. on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is, I mean, this should be good. I, I don't, both offenses are not coming in hot here. Uh, Miami, of course, just got throttled uh, in their last game, which was, it was surprised in their defense. What happened to that? I mean, I know North Carolina had a good, really good group, but uh, oof. That one, they just decided not to show up. So uh, Oklahoma State's going to be without Chuba Hubbard. Of course, he, he decided to, you know, prepare for the NFL draft. Don't blame him. Um, I'm going to go with the U. Uh, I'll take the points. You know, Oklahoma State's offense is certainly not North Carolina's offense. Uh, they're not going to, they don't scare me, especially without Chuba. So I'll take my chances with the U and De'Ara King. This is such a toss-up. Um, yeah. Okie State, you mentioned Hubbard. They also ha- ha- have a corner and an O-lineman sitting out. Tylen Wallace, he's questionable after missing the last game. Then Miami, though, defensive ends Quincy Roche and Jalen Phillips are opting out. Sounds yeah. like now, as of now, Derek King's going to play. So I'm going to take the Canes. I think they're uh, Diaz even said they're going to kind of basically treat this as a reboot because they were a really good team most of the year. I think they just kind of gave up in that North Carolina game because they were out of the ACC title race. Um, and the Cowboys, you just never know what you're going to get them with them week to week. So I'm going to flip a coin and take Miami. Yeah, I agree. Without those those guys on uh, on that offense for for Oklahoma State, especially with Tylen Wallace, even if he's healthy, feels like definitely a potential for him to just opt out. So. Um, I'll, I'll take uh, Derek King to to outscore the the Cowboys. Um, okay, we got the Valero Alamo Bowl. Texas is a thirteen point favorite against Colorado. What do you think, Trey? Yeah, Texas. They won this game last week, last year against Utah. You got the old Big Twelve foes. Colorado. They're definitely more excited to be in this game, but uh, you know Texas didn't live up to the their expectations. But I don't think Colorado is all that great. They just lost by seventeen at home to Utah. They only played a handful of games. They also just lost their best defensive player, Nate Landman, linebacker, doing an ankle injury. Ellinger, I think, would love to finish his career off in style. Herman's great in bowl games. I think the Longhorns roll. Is he finishing his career? Is that a sure yeah, thing? Maybe another Not year. Sure yeah. thing, but it seems yeah. like it. Okay. Seems like a lot of most seniors are treating this as their last year. Yeah, okay. We'll see, but... I would uh, I, I would be like no I'm coming back I want to stay. It'd be a fun off season. It's gonna be a year. fun off season seeing those guys. Yeah, who stays it and is. goes. Tom Herman three and zero in bowl games at Texas, so that's why he's so secure in his job there. <laughs> um, but uh, I don't know. I'm gonna go against them with with all the the COVID issues they're having, some injuries and opt outs. Not sure they're gonna have their their full roster, especially in the secondary. Um, so. I, I don't I don't count on them to to blow out a, a at least a decent Colorado team. I'm gonna I'm gonna make Colorado actually my lock. Nice. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Michael here. I, I mean, I don't love Colorado uh, this year, but they obviously had some good moments. They went four and one. Um, and I, like you said, Trey, they're I'm sure they're they're gonna be pumped here to play to go up against Texas. I think Colorado will be ready to go. Um, and I could see Texas being a little sluggish uh, in this one. So yeah, I'll take the yeah, bus. That's a very good point. Two more games to go. We're we're now next Wednesday. Um, we won't go over the the 
New Year's Six game that day. We'll, we'll take care of that next week. But got the Dukes Mayo Bowl. Great name. Wake Forest against Wisconsin. The Badgers are favored six and a half. And Wisconsin's defense uh, has been living up to the hype for, for the most part this year. But that offense after game two has just fallen off a cliff. Injuries at, at receiver have certainly not helped. And Graham Mertz has... I guess regressed, maybe you'd call it, but again, not his full assortment of weapons and just suffered a concussion last week against Minnesota. So with those health questions and going up against just a solid Wake Forest team, your 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 classic Wake Forest, Sam Hartman takes care of the ball. He had a good year. I'll take the points. I agree. I just can't go with the Badgers to cover more than a touchdown here when they are, uh, but they're just struggling to move the ball. Um, I know Wake isn't exactly a stifling on defense, but, uh, you know, the Badgers just what Graham Mertz just seems like totally off. So, um, and uh, Sam Hartman, I know Wisconsin has a good, uh, like a very, very good defense. Um, but they have some weapons. Uh, you definitely have, you know, and, uh, Dave Clawson knows how to move the football. They have some entertaining games. I think this will be a, one of the more entertaining games of the bowl season. I expect this one to be a nail biter, but I'll take the, I'll take the demon Deeks. Yeah. I mean, the Badgers should win, but I think Wake's a little hungrier for this one. It's not going to help. They're they're without Carlos Basham. He uh, he's out. He's going going to the league. But uh, if the Deeks win, it's obviously because their offense. I'm going to take the points because I don't think the Badgers uh, could keep up if if it ends up being needing to score a game. Yep. Trans perfect Music City Bowl. Iowa is a 15 point favorite against Missouri. What do you think about that, Ryan? Yeah, that's a pretty big, uh, pretty big spread right there for Missouri, who uh, had a solid season in the SEC. Connor Basilic uh, had a good first year at quarterback. At times, um, <laughs> at times, you know. Well, I didn't say it was great, but uh, <laughs> you know, some good moments. Uh, they won some games, man. They did. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Iowa though has won six in a row. Uh, their defense is really good. They, the most points they've given up this year is twenty four, which is just kind of unheard of in today's in today's game never i can't as a nebraska fan i envy that how many times have we not given up 30 <laughs> so probably the opposite stat um yeah so i'm gonna take them i know iowa's doesn't have the greatest offense in the world but uh, they they still have some pieces they run the ball well and that defense will just probably shut down uh missouri and connor bay look this one's really hard because iowa just had to shut down their program for the for a week with covid but i'm just kind of rolling with the assumption that they say they're going to be good to go um so they've arguably been, arguably been playing the best in the Big Ten outside of Ohio State. They have a top 10 defense. You got Chauncey Golston on the line. I think they'll be able to slow down Missouri. Uh, they're not known for their offense, but Missouri has a pretty poor defense. Iowa's been gashing people. I'm going to give the points with the Hawkeyes. Yep. All right, I'm going the other way. Just like you mentioned, all the COVID issues, Kirk Ferentz tested positive, right? And uh, so we just... We're not even totally sure at this point that the game will be played, but yeah. if it is, you got to think there's going to be some guys out. So, yeah, uh, give me Missouri. Okay, well, that's it. Wow, boom, a lot of bowl games. Boom, Abrupt ending. Yeah, that is it for for this episode. Thanks for listening to the College Football Bros podcast. But be sure to check us out on YouTube. Uh, like I said, we're really trying to grow uh, that aspect along with the podcast. So. We'd appreciate it if you you check out our. We're releasing what five videos yeah. in the next week. Yeah, yeah, sounds about right. Let's do it. So uh, again, appreciate you watching those, and we will talk to you next week when we preview the New Year Six uh, Bulls and, of course, the playoff. Boom! You guys yeah. like my craft room background, by the way. 
Uh, yeah, yeah nice really background nice. for the YouTube viewers. Yeah, <laughs> new, right. new place for Ryan. Got some quilts hanging up and some tools. Yeah, it's a good straight. Bye. <laughs> You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros. Follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros. And for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.